I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. Use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I am director of the Fifth Element. I highlight the Fifth Element hip hop, which is knowledge. <laughs> Come on. She's got big booty. Yes. <laughs> so I call her. Big booty. I call her big booty. Let's <laughs> take a big Got a big booty, so I call a big booty skirt. I'm so irritated. To, like, it's, honestly, I forgot that where that song was, and I put on the album. I was just like, and as soon as it came, I was just like, I literally bust out laughing because it's just so. It's like it's it's such a it's such a crap first line to any song, but it's so iconic for just that reason of it's so crap. But oh god. Oh, he starts. So he's like, you know what? I've got a song. I just with started Kanye a song West. with that. Yes, I got a song with Kanye West. My second single. This is a huge moment for me. I got it. She got a big booty, so I call her Big Booty. It makes sense. So it's logical. So it's logical. So if you have a, if you have a memory of a goldfish, like. But that's the thing. Oh, with big two booty! Two. That's the thing with two. That's what I'm gonna get into, man. He's well ahead of his time. He was ahead uh, of his time. Okay. All right. All right. Hi, Ben. How's your week, Ben? We've been to this week. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a rough week, but um, I'm, I didn't prepare anything for these albums that I'm about to speak on, so I'll just run through them quickly. I got that's around to you. "Time" by Your Old Droog, which I thought was really, really solid. Uh, the track with Aesop Rock is amazing. Uh, I don't, I don't think this guy can miss Your Old Droog. I really do, do think these. I think it was last year he dropped his last album, and that was great. Uh, this is great. Please, please, and the, the artwork's really fire. I was seeing him promoting it on Instagram the other day, and I really wanted to cop the vinyl because it just looks amazing. So. That was a good project. Uh, Don Monique, Boss Bitch Bible. I didn't know what to expect. I've never listened to her before. The song that I really liked was the the joint with Harry Fraud. He produced it. Oh, let's see what song that was called. I think it was like a third song, Paid in Full. Uh, this is great, man. This is really good. There's a song on here called Community Dick, which is, um, I mean, it's, it's exactly what you'd expect. There's a song called Wet. Okay. It's just re- it's really good. The the beats are fucking fire. She is incredible on top of them. It's it's a great project. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Young Devon, Baby Goat. The first song on this album uh, is called Intro, and she just goes the fuck in. Like really, really that old school intro, just like rapping, 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 bars, 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 and that was yeah amazing. And she's really uh, adaptable. She can sing. She can rap and. Great project as well. Fully recommend that. Uh, HRMSN, The Last Ride. This is Cannabis, Corrupt, Killer Priest, and Raskas. And fuck me, man. It's it's a little bit eclectic, this. It's not exactly what you would expect. It's not just, you know, rapping bulk bars over boom-bap beats. It's, it's a bit out there. Some of the lyrical concepts are a bit out there. Uh, Killer Priest is always makes interesting music. Everything that Killer Priest touches in the last few years has been... A little bit different, maybe his whole career, a little bit different, and this is just a little bit different than what I expected, but it's really good, it's really nice to hear uh, these artists, especially Raskas, Cannabis, and Corrupt in uh, 2021, uh, it was nice to check back in with them, and finally, Ice Daddy by Gucci Mane, this was great, 
this was really good. And I know there's a bit of a tone of surprise in that, but Gucci Mane's dropped a lot of product. Gucci Mane actually was one of the first people to ever shout out hip hop numbers. Uh, he did it on Everyday Struggle when I found out he had released one. He was releasing his 100th project. Think about that, 100 projects since 2006, and that was like 2018, 2019. So he's dropped so much music, and it's been a while since we heard from him. Uh, I'm not sure what his last project was, but this just sounds really updated, really relevant, really fresh, really of the times. And you know what? Like This lane has become, I wouldn't say saturated, but there's a lot of artists in this lane right now. And Gucci Mane sounds like... Uh, this he's he's finally uh, given it the stature he deserves. Like he is at the top of this lane. Like he was one of the the creators. He was one of the forefathers of this, and he actually sounds like that on this project. He really does. It sounds like he's kind of coming back in and, and overseeing everything. And yeah, it's, it's a really good project. So I know there's a lot of people out there who probably haven't tapped into Gucci Mane in a while because he does drop a lot of product. But if you haven't and you used to like him, then fully recommend going back and, and checking Ice Daddy out because it was it was great. So yeah, that was me, Charlie. What about yourself? Yeah, I've got a really good mix in. Um, start off with uh, Tony Allen, uh, There Is No End. Uh, this is a posthumous album uh, from Nigerian drummer um, who died uh, late April, RIP. And, um, you know, this guy is uh, just in African music and Afrobeat especially, um, a legend in every sense of the word. Uh basically a co-founder of afrobeat in general <laughs> which is a kind of just a yeah that's a, that's a, a summit to have on on your on, on your resume um but yeah this is the first album i've listened to of his and uh considering it's posthumous and uh the people at, good people at blue note records actually have fulfilled, fulfilled this uh, project um it comes off really uh really eclectic i think uh, in in using using your word um it's very it's, it is a very interesting project to listen to uh, there's some great features all around uh you know so even not and you you'd think you'd think uh, you wouldn't know anybody but um it's actually got some real noble names uh, coming through i'm just trying to find the ting uh track list right quick as i move i've been listening to a lot of quiet storm recently shout out to 5 vpn radio just want to plug that right quick um but yeah it's really it's a it's a really fascinating album. Uh, I'm trying to find the freaking features. Jesus Christ! Uh, track list right quick. There you go. Um, yeah, so we have Sampa the Great on Stumbling Down. That was great. Uh, Trey Magnifique with Tsunami is amazing. Love that track. Uh, Lava Larue on One in a Million. Uh, Danny Brown on Deer in Headlights. Uh, Marlo obviously Laurence and uh, Solomon Brigham on My Own. Uh, ben Okri and Skepta on the last track. Oh wait, on the se- second to last track, Cosmosis. So, you know, there's names. There's names that people know. Um, there are some uh, good others as well. Lord Jamonte Ogbon is great. Career Oddity on Rich Black is great. Uh, Hurt Your Soul uh, with Nate Bone. Amazing. So, yeah, it's 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 a really... Um, it's not just, like, Afrobeat. It's more got, like, a, a more electric tones, I think, uh, coming along. And, obviously, the drumming by Tony Allen, obviously... Um, comes through and sets the foundation for everything uh but yeah everyone else just uh just really 
really fits into the puzzle and uh, it's a very fascinating album to listen to so uh, you know just just off the names alone please give it a listen because it's uh, really and obviously it's a posthumous album and you guys always listen to shit when people die so uh, and that's, that's when people like myself in this case uh, actually listen um, so you know it, it comes to those it comes to that it'd it be like that sometimes uh kaya baby ps it's not about you um i remember like it, this is one of those cases where i listened where i uh follow someone on spotify off like a couple of songs and just wait for them to drop something um and this was the and this was one of those cases where i was just like oh well, there you go oh, she's coming through with something um and this is an album uh it's about uh it's just under 40 minutes and uh she, in, in similar ways that uh, you were talking about, uh, I think it was Dominique or, uh, yeah, um, Kai Baby comes through with, like, two tracks of just, like, heavy bars, first tra- first two tracks, especially Secure the Bag, which really gave me, like, uh, Meek Mill, Dream Chasers era kind of vibe going on, uh, it's, it's very self-determined, uh, I really like that, but um, the deeper you go into it for stuff like uh, California Dreams, which I really enjoyed, uh, I think 100 Miles is another one I really enjoyed. Um, it, throughout the middle, middle of the album, uh, it really gets into like a melodic trap kind of thing going on, uh, which is uh, you know good, a good, a good. It has a good change of change of pace um, as it goes, and uh, really keeps it fresh. And I, I really like that. Talk of Queens interlude has a real nice hip hop beat as well, actually going on. Um, and that, uh, while that's uh, one of the short tracks, I really relish that one. And True Stories just. Yeah, just a really uh, good storytelling uh, track uh, overall. Uh, horseman, I'm a horseman. Oh God, I hate, I hated that that one, that one chorus, that one hook. I'm a horseman. <laughs> that was cringe. That was cringe. Last right. I can't believe I didn't um, even pick up on horseman. I just said HRSM and Jesus. yeah, <laughs> bro, I'm out. I'm out of it, man. Horseman. Come on, bro. The whole, bro, the whole first track was literally just like four horsemen in the apocalypse. Oh, I know that. Um, <laughs> but, well, you, you clearly didn't, but there we go. I mean, yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's true. I that's, you. you are yeah, forgiven. I'm out of it, man. I'm out of it. <laughs> you are forgiven. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, fucking second track was centaurs, bro. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I don't know if it was my mood. Like, I feel like I need to listen to this again because uh, I, I wasn't really uh, too into it uh wholly um i just found like a lot of everyone kind of blended together for me um but yeah i i think it's just one of those cases where i just don't i don't think i was in the best mood for it and i was just listening to listen to it just to listen to it um just get through my list um of stuff to listen to but um yeah i feel like if i really if I gave it another chance, I feel like I'd probably enjoy it more from, especially from a boss perspective. Um, beat wise, I think it was a bit hit and miss uh, for me. I was, I was, I was just, just like hearing some beats and I was just like, okay, it's cool. It's cool. Samples are cool. But like just everything around the sample just like didn't work for me uh, a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, I'll reserve, I'll reserve judgment. I'll, 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 uh, I'll give that a benefit of a doubt. Um, splurge boys with me talks. Um, I love me some Splurge Boys. Always keep up with Splurge Boys. Uh, one of my favorite UK producers, uh, producer duos. Um, I don't, don't think there's actually many of those, but yeah, anyway, you know, one of my favorite producers, producing names. Uh, whenever Splurge Boys comes on, uh, y- you know the beat's gonna be hot. Um, but yeah, the albums I've listened to their albums, you know, since uh, Chill and Bill, and um, every time they they drop an album. 
uh, it always comes off like the production is just, you know, standard heat, really enjoy the production, right? The production never misses for me, right? In a, in the whole, in the whole package. Um, but where it, where it sometimes can fall off the wheel a bit is, uh, just the bars and the content. Um, you know, with that said, they do have good features on here. Uh, get some bin there, real good. Uh, DW on uh, on like who is just <laughs> it starts off so funny because the DW has this cadence where he goes me, um, and it just sounds so co- so co- uh, comedic. And uh, he literally just starts off the song where it goes like she wants she <laughs> she wanna she wanna go like me, she wanna go like me. It's just oh, it makes me laugh every time I hear it. I don't know why. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Blade Brown and the Miss Banks on Supply is real good. Uh, Scultron Safe Word, love that track. I think that was a, a single. Um, you know, Legacy and Legacy Intro, which is, I don't know why it's an intro when it's the last track, but, you know, here nor there. Um, those are very interesting tracks because they really came off as, like, really, uh, uh, you know, kind of one of those, like, from the heart kind of tracks, and they were, like, talking really personal and I really, and you really get that. I, I don't think I've, ever, I don't think I've ever gotten that from a Splurge Boys track, uh, uh, album or track. So I was really impressed by that. But then you know it just gets into the more, um, just uh, regular, regular stuff. Hotbox is cool. Uh, been there is great. Uh, I love Safe Words. Uh, I think Every Day is another good one. But yeah, sometimes the bars just um comes off. Uh, just yeah, just yeah, cool. You know what I mean? Just calm. Not not not. Not 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 too mind blowing, you know what I mean. So uh, sometimes it can, sometimes the production really just makes it for me, and the bars are just like you know, just just a little bit. Yeah, they're there, they're serviceable, they get the job done. You know what I mean. So, uh, um, yeah. So past that, solid work. And there's um, and just you know, just to say, there's always like three, guaranteed three tracks for me personally when I see a Spurge West track that I'm really into. Um, you know, previously like P4 Bus, uh, man, uh, Grind Don't Stop, Forbidden Fruit still on my regular rotation. So, you know, Spurge Boys always have uh, at least a couple of good tracks for me personally. But yeah, overall, it was a full package. They just uh, they just always missed the mark just a little bit for me. Uh, Mumu Fresh, or my Mumu Yusef, aka Mumu Fresh, uh, Queen of Culture. This is kind of a, her Vintage Babies Part 2. Uh, which uh, 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 hops onto a uh, first album from I think uh, five years ago, something like that, way back. Uh, produced by DJ Dummy, and they basically team up again. And uh, this is so, this is so uh, drenched in just like black positivity. And I'm really here for it. I'm really here for it. I didn't know where she was gonna go with it, um, but it's flexy when it wants to be. You know, she has the bar, she has the vocals, um, and uh, she just has so much good variety here. And the production really comes across, uh, just comes with her to that as well. Uh, D Smoke on North Star, they really come through well. Alex Isley on Key to Happiness is great. Uh, <laughs> Sway with the Rap God intros are uh, very fun. Um, Amber Navran in uh, Find a Way is great. Uh, I love Karen. And I don't want to spoil you, spoil it for you guys. Uh, but please give that one track a listen. It's just very, very, <laughs> it's very to the point. <laughs> really, just yeah, super sharp uh, as as to the commentary of it. And it's, she's right, she's right, she ain't wrong. Uh, reparations is like a very 
uh, and this is the thing like it, it, she she tackles subjects that are very you know that can be very deep um but she, she just brings life into it and it's very light and um and it's not like she's shying away from the subject if if that makes any sense um but she's facing it but she's looking at it in a different way and it comes across just very positive and uh I'm here for that you know key to happiness is just super just wow it's just super utopian and uh you know I'm I'm here for that rap god is very flexy as the title would assume, uh the title would give you um and yeah man there's just some great stuff in here and I love the outro uh, which I assume is just an elder for from for Mumu uh, in some fashion I think it's her mother I'm not sure don't want to uh, assume but um yeah she gives some good bars on the, just uh just on the outro so yeah man shout out to Mumu Fresh always love me some Mumu Fresh um still pissed that I never saw her live when I had tickets to the jazz cafe and my train my train line fucking uh dipped out and I couldn't go still pissed still pissed to this day and lastly, uh, Angelique Kidjo, Mother Nature. Um, started with a great African artist and end with a great African artist. So I also looked up Angelique Kidjo because I knew of her before. I've heard of her before. And uh, I just I just wanted to look her up. Um, she's 60 years old and has been dropping track and been dropping work since, this, I think, the 70s. Or, or actually the 80s, uh, late, uh, early 80s. So she's been going on for at least 40 years. And... Um, she, uh, I mean, I haven't listened to her previous work, but Jesus Christ, for 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 a six-year-old coming through, she has she is so versatile, and uh, the the features on here are crazy. <laughs> um, uh, Shagunza, uh, oh, let me let me get that let me get that correct. Uh, Shang Shang Udzo um, on Choose Love, great first track. Um, Yemi Alade on Dignity, Mr. Easy, uh, uh, and Salifa Keita on One Africa, One of a Kind, Mother Nature, the the uh, first tr- uh, the title tracks amazing. That's just herself. Uh, Burner Boys on Do Yourself, uh, Sampa the Greats on Free and Equal, Earth Gang is on Take It or Leave It, um, and also Blue Lab Beats and Ghetto Boy uh, are on Fired Up, which is so fascinating to me because one of my favourite tracks of this year is uh, uh, Blow You Away, which which is Blue Lab Beats and Ghetto Boy, and it just sounds like, it sounds like those two tracks were just made in the same place, uh, made in the same session, and Angelique Kidjo just came on this one, and made, and yeah, obviously that's her track, and it's just great. This whole this whole album is just great to listen to. It's super posi- uh, super positive. It's nice and light. It's very bouncy. Great, great, just African music overall, and I'm fucking here for it. So uh, yeah, man, shout out to Angelique Kidjo, genuine legend in the game, and uh, glad I finally got into some of her music because I've been really uh, looking forward to uh, just uh, diving into that in some fashion. And there's some great stuff I want to listen to from from back uh, from back in the day. It's like this one she had in like 2016 or 2015 that just sounds so good on paper, and I'm I'm here for it. Anyway, with that said, we shall get into volume three, if I'm correct, of Contemporary Cool. For those that don't know, the concept, which is I'm I'm so I'm 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 still I'm still hyped. I made this concept. I, I just enjoy it. Um, we all we each pick two albums. Uh, from the past, uh, from 2010 onwards, 
and uh, we just talk about him in some fashion and uh, basically, uh, you know, why give a reason. We obviously have a reason for why we picked it, not just because we enjoy the album or for whatever. Uh, we always have an angle towards picking these albums. And uh, yeah, so with that said, I mean, since uh, since we introed um, Big Booty, uh, we, we might as well start with uh, one of Ben's picks if you want to go for go yeah. for it. Yeah. Boats by Two Chains. So Two Chains started rapping in a formal sense back in 1997. It took 15 years to get to his debut album. Think about that. Think about the hype and the pressure and the journey he went on to get to this record. It's just really quite epic when you think about it. Um, you know, he was dropping music prior to this, obviously, as Titty Boy. He was signed to Ludacris's label Disturbing the Peace in the mid-2000s. He left the label and he switched his name to Two Chains in 2011, a year before his debut solo album, in order to make his name more family friendly. Now, I'm not really sure what he was thinking there because his lyrical content, which is hilarious and unique, is not family friendly. But I, uh, anyway, I don't know. Maybe he was uh, seeing that he was thinking of, of a specific market. Just don't he was understand trying to... marketing, Ben. Oh, Big I brain don't know. Decisions. I got no idea what's going on there, but um. <laughs> So he, he was signed to Def Jam, uh, which was the label that was overseeing Disturbing the Peace. So it wasn't a complete upheaval when he left Disturbing the Peace, but it was obvious free from the jump that um, Def Jam wanted this to be an event record. And I personally think they probably felt they'd missed the boat with Big Sean's first album. And uh, Rory was speaking about it on the Joe Budden podcast. Oops. And he said that they just weren't promoing Big Sean's first album. It was basically just Big Sean doing it all himself. And they weren't throwing the resources behind him that he really deserved. And I think they were slow to the party on a couple of artists during this period, and they didn't want to make that mistake with 2 Chains. So 2 Chains' association with Kanye bore fruit in this. Uh, he wasn't signed to good music. He actually said in 2012 he was affiliated and the plan was to sign, but the paperwork didn't, didn't happen. And he said that prior to Watch the Throne, Kanye actually called him to talk about music. So they had chemistry from the start. And it was Kanye's creative agency, Donda, that created the artwork. And it was through Kanye that the world knew of 2 Chains in late 2012, of course, via Mercy, which had dropped in April of 2012. 2 Chains used this connection further by obviously dropping the, the song that we referenced before, his birthday song, in July 2012 that came out. That song peaked at number seven, number 47. So that's decent, you know, for a new artist to go number 47. And the stage was set. It was kind of that old school way of working an album. You know, heat, heat it all up and, and get people interested and drop a few uh, tracks with some uh, some very famous guests and some, some famous connections and see what happens. And the album is fire, man. And, and I want to posit this. I think this record was ahead of its time and it still is because I think what 2 Chains did on this album, I don't know anyone in the mainstream who has done it before or since. He put together top tier 80s and 90s comedic punchline rap, that really dry sense of humor with truly modern trap beats. And I think the reason that no one has done it before or since is the time and energy and money required to do this on a debut album and to kind of, because it has to hit you out of the blue, this kind of thing. It has to be from an artist that you weren't expecting a great body of work from. I mean, not not that you weren't expecting a great body of work, maybe more you weren't sure what you were going to get from this artist. And with 2 Chains, we weren't 100% sure what we were going to get. But if you look at the production list on this album, Southside, Bangladesh, Mike Will Made It, 40, Sunny Digital, Kanye West, Mike Dean, DJ Mustard, The Dream, Mike Posner, 
the, the features, Drake, Kanye, Lil Wayne, The Dream, Nicki Minaj, Scarface, John Legend. Like, that's a debut album. That's massive, man. And we get a man in 2 Chains who is at the peak of his comedic powers. He delivers incredible dry humor. If you watch that show, uh, the most expensive series he does, where he just goes around and, like, you know, $300,000 ice cubes and, and like, you know, million-dollar burgers, I don't really know. But it's, it's freaking hilarious. And his dry humor carries the show, like, really carries it because he's just there reacting so dryly to these these people who have created something almost farcical. And he's just... It's so funny watching him do it. It's just classic. It's the main draw card of the show. And so we get crazy bars. Like, he says... His and hers and Marnie put it in her tummy. Or I had a foursome for Christmas. Let me turn it down. My baby mama listening. Or he says, look at the pussy and play kiss and tell. Left hand on that steering wheel. Right hand on that pussy. And of course, she got a big booty. So I call her big booty. Which makes sense. I mean, she's got a big booty. Like, Don't complicate things. Just make it simple. So those lines sound woeful coming out of my mouth right but two chains pulls them off every single time and this album was in my view dangerously overlooked because people just didn't get it like on metacritic it had a 55 which is really low and surprising you know and this 80s vibe that he has if you think back to the punchline rappers of the 80s they never took themselves too seriously Almost like the joke was always on them. But the joke ended up being on the listener if you didn't understand the whole thing was a joke in the first place. Bismarcky is so classic in this, legendary. He towed that line between serious and comedic so well that people were still criticizing his singing on my timeline in 2021 on Just a Friend. And I'm like, guys, you don't... like. Uh, it's just it's crazy like i just i love that element of hip-hop i love that 80s element um and two chains did this over trap beats and who else could honestly do this like that's another question i want to ask who else could have done an album like this uh i think little wayne's humor is way too overt it's funny but it's it's not the dry sense that the two chains has i think big sean is is too overt too it's almost like the ridiculousness of what he's saying sometimes is the funny part um, I don't, I, I can't think of anyone else in the mainstream and, you know, Two Chains was in his mid to late thirties on this record. And this is an album of experience. And, and that's, that's the part that I guess lost a lot because there's a lot of, I guess what you'd call immature humor on there, where there are bars that are just meant to be funny when you're, you know, like a teenager. Cause it's just like, yeah, but I, I just think it's a quite a grown and mature album. It's, it's not, I don't want to say cynical, but it's, he planned this shit out, man. This is it's a great project. I, I've always loved it since the day it came out. <coughs> um, I'll give you props uh, for the laying out of that. And, you know, talking about how he got to that particular moment uh, is, I think, lost on a lot of people um, and was definitely lost at the time. Um and I probably, it probably still is actually. Now I'm thinking. Now I'm thinking about it because, um, you know, when I when I do hear, you know, two chains is um, a lot of the commentary around him, uh, f- you know, from what I hear is just like, you know, he he's good for a feature. Like you know, I mean, he, he's good for a feature. But I'm just like, uh, but it's it, but sometimes it's just like, 
I don't know if he can do an album, you know, I mean, stuff mm. like that. And, you know, he's had a couple of albums here and there that have, um, oh, they all d- they've all done well, right, commercially. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, 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 Trap Girl, the Trap Girls one, I didn't mind Rap Will Go To The League. I, I enjoyed it. Um, a lot of people, I don't think, did. But uh, I enjoyed the uh, the down-to-earth nature of it. Um, I, I, you know, I'm just here for that kind of work. <coughs> and again, I would like to say, you know, nice, n- nice. That was, it was a good way of uh, framing it. You frame, you frame that shit very well. But to say it's on a level of a Bismarcky <laughs> in the satirical nature of this. I'm not subscribing to that wholesale. Okay, I'm 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 taking I'm taking a bit. I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down, and then I'm having a look at it, and then I'm squeezing it to check the ripeness, and I'm like, mm, nah, 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 that's just, it's it's a it's a bit of an off apple to me. Um, from from what you put there, uh, I see what you mean. I can I can a little bit get into that, but. I don't, I don't know. I don't I think, think it's absurd let me just, enough let me just to be explain that. Just okay. quickly, the the reason why I came to this conclusion was watching him on most expensive shit and seeing the way that he reacted, and he was just like the the looks to camera, the cuts, the the he would say things and lead people down a path to think he was being serious, but he was actually making fun of them, and not in a cruel way, not in a mean way, just in a funny way, like kind of. And that's what hit me when I hear picking boogers and I hear this and I'm like, okay, it's different. It's, it's don't don't get me wrong. Two chains is a little bit more overt with this, but that's the that's almost the point. It's almost like he's taking it over the top even further. It's like you guys take this seriously, and that's funny to me because these bars aren't that serious. Does that make sense? Like that's that's the reason why I came to that conclusion. But I don't think they're on the same level in that sense. I think um, Bismarcky was significantly more subtle with it. I don't. I don't think it's a matter of. I don't think it was a matter of subtlety. I. I. Th- I find like if if you're gonna do something of that nature, um, I feel like there's. See, see with you with the way you framed it, I don't understand why something like Ghetto Dreams is on here. You know what I mean? Like just having mm-hmm. uh just having John Legend, you know, doing John Legend stuff and having fucking Scarface of all people, one of the darkest fucking uh dingiest rappers of all time going it's like the world stands still yesterday your little man got killed and all he ever wanted was a bankroll but he died too young because the game's cold like i'm not getting the 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 satirical nature of that like Mm. so if 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 i'm taking what you're saying if i'm picking up what you're putting down wholesale it makes stuff like that um it i i can't compute that but when i listen to it when i listen to it you know i'm what i came what i came away when listening to this album and it's the first time i've listened to this album fully um and i knew of the singles because honestly as sing as if you're dropping three singles um there were probably no hotter singles at that time than the no liar birthday song and i'm different like i heard those tracks right um, I had friends constantly going to me. I'm different. I'm different. Like everyone was doing it. Okay, and Big Booty as well. Heard that shit as well. And and No Lie, which which is such a Drake hook. Like the oh god, it's disgusting. It's just, it's That's cold. Disgusting. It's, cold. it's disgusting. 
disgustingly early Drake uh, 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 shit right there. That, that, that was just slow early. I love early. That was Drake literally. Flow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, you know, I, 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 can, I came, I came out of this thinking like, bro, this album was carried by these three singles. I swear. Um, which okay. you know, I don't like. I don't like to say, but um, it just it 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 does come off as that because I was listening to the first few tracks. Um, oh, damn that little damn Lil Wayne just like was nowhere anywhere near that that beat, bro. I was just like, what are you oh, listening to? I love you listening to something completely so different. I felt like it was just like, where what beat are you listening to? Because it can't be the same as what I'm listening to right now. Um, but yeah, I. But yeah, going across what you were saying, I, I'm just like. If it if it was if it was like that, and I can th- I can imagine it, because you know when you do see two chains, just like you know, like you see on, on his TV show or just in general, you know, uh, I remember watching uh, Rapture on um on a on on a Netflix, and like there was an episode of you know uh, 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 there was an episode two two chains. It was around the time when he was doing the uh, the is it pretty girl stuff trap music? Is that is that the name of the album? Yep, um, that's the album. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, he did the tour of that, and he had his like leg broke or something like that. And he was like talking yeah, yeah. of how you know how he got there. You know, is uh, you know talking about Atlanta in general and his career and like, stuff like that. It was a fascinating episode, and his his outlook on life is very fascinating to me. Um, but yeah, I just struggle think I just struggle fully grasping the framing that you've given. Um, I can see because. In either either way, it comes across disjointed to me. So if it's going to be that way, then something like Get a Dream shouldn't be on here, and it should just be to me like full on like lean into that side of it more. Um, to me, I just find I found even that side just a little bit. Uh, well, like you said, subtle, but in but not in a good way because I was just like, oh, good, it's literally. 2012 trap in a nutshell. That's it, y'all. Sorry, <laughs> right. um, but if it's like how just any old album, right? Where it's just uh, I don't know, just usual, you know, flex bars or whatever. Then even with that, I I can I feel like there were better albums around this time, and it comes off like the, especially the first like half of the album comes off big mixtape to me. Uh, uh, the first, especially like crack and dope peddler, I was just like, this feels like a mixtape to me, um, which I don't. It, I'm not mean to sound negative, but ne- not meaning to put negative connotations on that. But it just comes across as that to me, where it's just like this could have easily been on a mixtape, and I wouldn't have known the difference. Um, it do- it doesn't feel like you know Def Jam debut album, you know, like you know just event music. Uh, it didn't sound like that to me. It just sound like any old trap song. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's. I just find I just found it disjointed. I don't think it deserves the uh, the critiques that it got at the time. Um, I think it's a little bit better than how people were, were talking about it at the time. Um, but yeah, I I, I I don't know. But wouldn't wouldn't a song like things get a little easier off the biz never sleeps? Like, because in my view, that's great. Put a song like Ghetto Dreams on there because that's. I don't see a problem with that. Like, I don't see that taking away from the. I mean, the whole thing doesn't have to be comedic. Like, you can you can have a message on a no. on an album like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I understand that. Um, but I I I just I I don't know. I just feel like 
I, I just feel like that, that if that's the if that's the case, then the concept could have it could have been uh could have been better executed. I guess if 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 yeah, I I just feel like it could have been better executed if that's the if that's the framing we're going we're, we're grasping. Uh, I yeah, I just felt like it was um it was it was it was lost on me listening to it. Um, and yeah, I just felt like if that's the case, it could have been better. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I I I still stick by what I said, but I I totally understand. I mean, it was just a. This is a thought I had during the week listening to it because I never really. Every time I go back to it, I'm more thrown back into the nostalgia of it. You know, actually, Yuck is um the the opening song when I when it came out. It was 2012, I think 2013. I was really struggling with anxiety, like in a really bad way. Probably the worst I'd experienced that up to date. And that song, I don't know why, just the inanity of it, just. I just used to put it on for hours at a time and listen to it and it calmed me down. I don't know why. I guess because it was just so, I don't know, it was just so off the wall. But um, yeah, it's, just, it's an important album to me. I wanted to yeah try and bring a different perspective to it. But um, it's interesting. It's interesting the career that 2 Chains has had since then because I really do think he's a he's a really solid artist that doesn't get the respect he deserves. Um, I wonder if that's because of <laughs> big booty lines. You know, I wonder if people kind of disengage when that happens. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, I th- yeah, when 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 that kind of stuff comes around, like I can I can live with a bar like that, but you know if it wasn't two chains, and if it was like um, I don't want to try an example because I don't want to conflate, but like you know if you if 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 a lot of other rappers threw that kind of bar out there, people were just going like, whoa, that's corny, you know what I mean? So I feel like in that case, two chains succeeds because. Uh, and I guess that fit uh, that fits and adds more to your to your angle um, and to the mm-hmm. validity of it. Um, because I hear because literally when I heard it, I literally just laughed out loud. I was so like, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, just it's funny. Um, so yeah, but if other people, yeah. if a lot of other rappers said that, it would just come off as super flat and ba- baseline corny. So. Um, so yeah, I guess there's some validity with that. Just that one bar validates a lot of what you said. I must admit. <laughs> All right, do you want to jump into your first? Which would you like to do first? I want to do Cormega's Mega Philosophy, um, which right. is so fascinating to me because I remember listening to this album for the first time, and it was and this year was 2014 was really like the year where I started actually like discovering new shit. Um, and actually just discovering for myself. And I don't know how I found Cormega. I don't know how I found Mega Philosophy, but it was there somehow. I found it. I listened to it and I enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed it on and off ever since. I've always just like, you know, just whenever I've heard Cormega's name, I'm just like, damn, Mega Philosophy is good. I'm going to listen to that again. Um, and yeah, I just, I just listened to it. You know, just uh, every every now and again, every few years, just to just to get it back, because I had Rap Basquiat and Mars on my regular rotation for a fucking while, like for a good four or five years. Um, so those particular tracks never leave me. Um, but everything else around it, um, every time I listen to it, it really, uh, the word, the word authentic really comes to me. Uh, a lot when it comes to Cormega, especially just as a nice in general, but obviously as it pertains to this album, just super authentic. 
the commentary of um, industry games in some way with tracks like Industry, um, Honourable, uh, Valuable Lessons, just to name a few. Um, just he he comes across as, and this is like ten years after his previous album, so you know I feel like the story of Cormega uh, overall is I mean a definitely worth a retrospective one day, um, but just B, uh, just completely fascinating to me and how he has especially used especially used this album uh, to I guess blow off steam in some way and just come through just some heavy shit um you know just the start of the just the first uh i mean mars especially like it's called mega az red man styles p back to back to back all delivering heat no hook it's fucking silly the beat is clean uh, industry has a Louis Farrakhan sample, which you know we've talked about that very early in our tenure, when we talked about religion, um, and uh, you know that's uh, herky jerky to talk about. But you know, but even with that, uh, the first verse just comes across as just super, to, just to the neck of just uh, industry. Exaggerated tales are hustling. We quick to pass judgment and fail our brothers instead of talking about Lauren Hill. Talk about Lauren's skill. Truth be told, there may be never a girl as ill. Don't gossip. Be, don't gossip about Dame Dash. Give props to Dame Hand for the rise of Jay and for signing Kanye. Man, uh, niggas is crazy. That's why we ain't got shit. Rappers hate each other. Not the labels that got rich. Don't care about culture. They only want profit. If your album sells slow, bet you get dropped quick. Q-tip warned us the industry's toxic. For reference, check out BDP Sex and Violence. Uh, Styles P made I Get High It was playing all day When Styles made I'm Black It didn't get enough play I guess they got a problem with anything positive Doesn't make sense If it doesn't bring dollars in Like If any If there's any critique Of the industry And you know For what we have talked about For several Several episodes On a regular thing Talking about the industry Talking about major labels and how this machine works and how this machine does not value artists in the way that it should. Point I point you to that track. I point you to that track just first off. That is that it just makes and he gives literal tracks that just you know, it's there. You can look that shit up if you want. And it makes and it just speaks so so much to me. And that's something I didn't get when I first listened to this album way back in 2014. Um, it's just something I was never privy to, and I never actually, you know, actually, you know, just looked up and, you know, investigated for myself. And obviously, with this podcast especially, I've been very acutely aware of that kind of th- stuff now. And listening to this, listening to this whole album, then you know that those kind of lessons really come across um, throughout in a lot of ways. Um, and he does it in very, um, he does it very, uh, in a versatile, uh, way, and the features just break it up nicely and deliver different perspectives on things. I just love this album, uh, the more I listen to it, and it's really grown on me, and, uh, it really adds to, like, even the EP that Cormega dropped last year, uh, Mega, uh, which was just basically a bunch of life lessons on, on wax, um, 
coming from someone at, like Cormega that clearly has a spotted history as it pertains to um, just value as an artist, uh, whether he has been devalued over time, um, according to some people, it just, it just, just the whole thing speaks to me. And um, it really gives a... Uh, a very a very great way of critiquing everything and you know the stuff that a lot of people should really talk about more often and especially think about more often yeah i mean let me talk about that history for a little bit because i think it's really vital to this record so a lot of people knew cormega through nas or havoc or even capone from cnn he was he was friends with all three of these as a as a child and he was yep. in prison when nas was recording one love and got a shout out yep. from him on the song and Yep. I don't know if anyone really knows this. Uh, maybe it's common knowledge, but I was actually unaware that Cormega actually wrote a response whilst in prison called One Love, and it ended up on his album The Testament. Uh, and it just opens up with Dear Nas, What Up, Son? It's Mega. And Cormega was then on It Was Written, which, of course, the song featured... The song that he was on was... Uh, it had AZ and Foxy, and that was The Firm's first appearance. Now, yep. Cormega was signed to... Def Jam based on his performance of that song and Steve Stout and Nas decided to create The Firm along with Dr. Dre and Trackmasters. Massive, epic, huge group. Listen, think about that. Nas, Dr. Dre, Trackmasters, <laughs> Def Jam, Steve Stout. Bro, that is as big as it gets in the late 90s in hip-hop. But Cormega was left out and replaced by Nietzsche right before the album. Apparently, there was artistic and contract disagreements and that's why he was left. And so Cormega's career lurched a lot after that. And one thing I see yep. with these 90s artists who didn't lock down a major deal, they really bounce around labels and situations. So Cormega's debut album went 111. His second album went 95. That was the last time a studio album of his charted on the Billboard 200. That was in 2002, I think, 2004 maybe. And, you know, it was actually five years um, between albums, so five years between uh, Mega Philosophy and uh, the one prior. And there's been no Core Mega album since. And the album is entirely is produced by... I, think it's in, I couldn't. I couldn't see one. Uh, there might be another one, uh, but I didn't, I didn't see one. I, maybe there's a, a mixtape or something like that, but um, okay. it, it was listed as this being his last. I'll have a look at that while we, when you talk yeah. next. But... Um, Large Professor was the one who uh, produced most of this record, and it's really great. It's really, really great. And the, the thing about it is, and I read a few reviews about it, and they were talking about the uh, unique situation that Cormega found himself in in 2014, where, let's just say the 2000s, it's not like he was trying to chase mainstream success, but it was like the thing about these artists who, who don't end up in the major label system it's really seems difficult when I read interviews for them to uh, it's a lot of effort for them to make sure that they have enough money to continue making music and to continue to survive. So what we see a lot of the time in the 2000s is a lot of music coming out, a lot of touring and, and artists get a little bit burned out. They, they don't necessarily get the perspective that they would have if they, they had the opportunity to take some time away. And I think what we got with this album is that perspective from a completely unique standpoint of I don't have to play any games here. I don't have to do anything. I don't. Ha I can just fully realize what I want to say and just say it in the way that I want to say it. And there were bars about, 
you know, how labels treat artists who have passed away and how that bumps your numbers up. There were things about even how sales can be inflated and, and create this kind of false economy around uh, maybe numbers that didn't really even exist. Uh, so it's, it's a very mature album. And he was I think he was 41 when this album dropped. And it just, it, it really comes through as an artist who, and what I really liked about it, there was no bitterness, there was no resentment. You know when you you know when you listen to an album of someone either critiquing the industry or critiquing mainstream rappers and you feel a little bit of bitterness in there and a little bit of resentment like there was none of that with Cormega nothing at all it was just knowledge yeah. and mm-hmm. it was just objective and it was really really refreshing to hear that um, you know I love emotional hip hop I really do and this was emotional but in a different way it was kind of like knowledge based and wisdom based and someone who's been through a lot and experienced a lot and seen a lot and just a great project front to back like really really amazing project and it hit me out of the blue because i've never listened to a cormega project in my life and i didn't really know what to expect i was expecting kind of those 90s boom bap kind of situation but it was just more than that you know it was the, the content was really deep and i really appreciated that yeah and i need i need um I knew you enjoyed our first listen. I I I I, I was thinking just like I want to give I want to give Ben saying he hasn't listened to yet, and uh, I felt I I I, I, don't know, I had a hunch that you haven't listened to Mega Philosophy, especially. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, he he he'll, he'll yeah. rate this, he'll rate this. <clears throat> but you know yeah, what hit um, me? Just just not to cut you off. Sorry, not to cut you yeah, off. Yeah. But like the thing that really hit me was this felt like a first album concept kind of thing, like a really like when I first listened to Master Ace's album. I think was that in your best albums of the decade or something like that. Like this is the that's the kind of feel I got yeah. from this record, like a real event concept, and yet it was simple. It it wasn't like he it didn't feel like a to pimp a butterfly where it was clear that like significant amount of time and energy was spent on it. It felt almost like he just oh, yeah, it's just a strain of hour. conscious thought. Yeah, it just kind of came out, but it comes out reading like a full-on concept album, which I thought was incredible. Yeah, so that's what the the first impression I got it was. It was amazing, to be honest. So I appreciate you uh, putting me onto that. Yeah, it's interesting you saying you know you mentioned nature, and he's obviously on Divine Unity, so uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of fascinating. Obviously, has a for those who don't know, has Black Rob R.I.P. Uh, Maya Azucena, I think that's how you say her name, and also Raekwon on Honorable. Um, so yeah, there's some just great features as well. It's just a really good album that it's just over half an hour. So if you guys want to just get into something like real quick, I highly recommend Mega Philosophy because um, it's just a really good album throughout. And uh, yeah, man, I've just always it's always just been that album that I've just really that's always just stuck by me at some po- uh, in some points, um, and really just has some fucking great stuff on there. So uh, yeah, man, shout out to Mega. But if you want to hop on to yeah, uh, your second album. Yeah, so we got Mr. Wonderful by Action Bronson. So Action Bronson! 2015, I actually saw a picture of him this morning on Instagram, and he has lost a lot of weight. He looks amazing. So huge shout out to him for that. That was um really cool to see. So Mr. Wonderful, 2015, Action Bronson... Just an insane run of mixtapes, like genuinely. Blue Chips, Rare Chandeliers, Blue Chips 2, and then, of course, Dr. Lector, well done with Static Selector. This is a man who can rap over any beat in the world and sound good. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the whole point of his mixtapes, just the diversity, the diversity and the adaptability of his of his technical you know, skill is unbelievable. But 
This extended even further because prior to this album, we get Fuck That's Delicious, which actually began as a web series before migrating onto TV with Vice. And the show took off rapidly online, so much so that Vice actually moved it to TV because it was doing so well. Now, what culminated was Action Bronson being at the forefront of the conversation at this time. He found himself actually at the pinnacle of the mainstream with an opportunity to capitalize in an incredible run of hard work and deliver a mainstream gem. Like he he had that ability and and he gets us, I'll, I'll tell a story on here as well, um, which really highlighted to me the opportunity he had. 40 sent him a song, producer 40 sent him a song and I'll, I'll tell about it here, but like, that's your moment, man. That's when you're like, okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna peak up, and this is gonna be my number one Billboard 200 album. What we ended up getting, to me, is an incredibly brave record because we got an experimental hip hop album from a man who signed mm-hmm. to Vice and Atlantic, who had everyone and anyone at his disposal. 40 and 88 keys production credits. Mark Ronson too, but instead he fixates on the Alchemist beats, the Party Supply beats, the Static Selector beats. He gets Big Body Bess on here twice, which is amazing because he's an incredible character. If anyone's watched, fuck that's delicious. Big Body Bess is the, oh my gosh, man, the one line as he comes out with is is hilarious. I need an ad lib album from Big Body Bess one day. It's unbelievable, and <laughs> brand new car like you. It was it was such an interesting uh, rollout and such an interesting beginning. Like brand new car, he's singing this really interesting hook, but it's a genuine bop, and it's just left of center, if that makes sense. So it is mm-hmm. poppy. It is kind of sounds good, but in his own unique way, and I really respect that. Um, from there, we get like some traditional adaptability. Like the rising is a really wonderful piano-based beat with Bronson in his really trademark flow. He raps with a sick sense of humor. Like he just has this this totally again left of center off kilter sense of humor that he says bars that only he could say and it, it's different to with two chains where you know you say two ch- only two chains could pull that off this one it's like only action Bronson would have thought of this like some of the bars he comes up with are crazy we get Terry which is a beautiful wonderful song third single that was produced by Alchemist and it's a real look into his content because you know. There's, there's uh, vulnerability and insecurity in here. He says, I need a hug because the drugs are taking over. Um, I could see him saying that to a 45-year-old stripper on a Tuesday morning in the middle of Leeds. Like, you know, you could just, you get that sense from him, you know, that that struggle. It's like, it's authenticity in his bars, even when they're quite, uh, you know, over the top. It's just crazy, man. And it lurches from here to there, but it sounds still cohesive, even though it lurches. Like, Acting Crazy was the second single. That's produced by 40. And uh, Bronson said about this, uh, the, that he said that the beat and the song was presented to him. 40 doesn't work with everyone. Boom, he wants to work with me. If the opportunity is there, you know I'm going to go through that door. That's how it is for me. I made that opportunity happen, and we made a beautiful song. And this is what I mean. Like, you know, Bronson was sitting on something special here. And the album is genuinely special, but in a different way. Like, Baby Blue is the gemstone in Bronson's career, I think. The way he mimics Chance with the the chorus, the sung chorus, before we get a a, a genuinely great Chance the Rapper verse is really great. And Bronson is interesting as an MC because he raps really, really well. And he says things in a way no one else would or maybe even should a lot of the time. 
and he never tries to outwrap his guests. You know, I really like that. He usually sets up camp somewhere completely different to them conceptually. I really like that. It's really fascinating. The album just gets wilder as it goes on. Galactic Love sounds like if anyone's ever heard Bring Me the Disco King by David Bowie off, uh, I think it was off Heathen in 2001. It's exactly like that. It's just this like that 90s smooth jazz kind of thing that a lot of uh, a lot of rock albums were starting to put on their on their albums in the late 90s. Um, and then the song before that is like a 1980s hair metal song. It's fucking crazy. And 77 on Metacritic, it got number seven on the Billboard 200, which is Bronson's highest. I feel like it's incredibly underrated, and it's a very experimental record and a very brave record. And I think Bronson doesn't get the credit he deserves for that. I, I do think he tried something really different here when he had the opportunity to create a mainstream album, and he chose not to. And I really, really respect that. Yeah, um, this is the first time I've listened to the album, and uh, it's so like, and I've obviously listened to other Bronson projects since then, um, uh, in in previous years, uh, but for some reason I just never got around to listen to this, and obviously his early work as well. Um, but yeah, the the character that he just um. The character that he just has in general, just like when you hear him, when you like watch him in interviews or whatever, it's, it's just so laid back, but and and the flexes are there, but it's not like it's it's not like you know just it's not in your face if that makes any sense. It's just like casual flexes. It's like yeah, I'm just gonna take a plane, just gonna just gonna ride, just gonna take a plane to this place and just chill for a bit. <laughs> It's so unassuming. I love it. I love his attitude, uh, just in general. And in this album, like uh, I think you really nailed it in terms of just uh, overall uh, thoughts to it. It is very experimental. It's very adventurous. Um, it it really takes you on a ride, and not e- every track is different in its own way and has its own you know signature flavor to it and it just never gets it never gets boring um i like uh the the track you mentioned or the track you uh mentioned art before galactic love only america is just super just ugh, just like what (laughs) it's super rocky uh i think i think that's the one i'm thinking of um but yeah it's just um it just goes it just goes all over the place it's not it's it really is a really interesting experimental hip-hop album in every sense of the word and i don't think and i think the word underrated really comes uh to my mind here when listening to something like this and uh you know you could easily get lost in and i've, I've noticed this you know when listening to his work in general but like you know his bars just go everywhere and anywhere it's it's so fascinating to just like i, I just want to ask like i just want to ask him like how does he even because it's it, they always come they always come off for of free as freestyles you know what i mean but but he's also he's also on topic if that makes any sense like he's on topic but also off topic at the same time like uh, with something like easy rider right which is you know just by the name obviously is inspired by the um the 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 60s film i think 60s or early 70s um and if you guys ain't seen that, like, well, just go take a peep because it's a very simple concept. But, like, you know, he goes a verse on that where it's just, um, praise the Lord, I was born to drive boat. 
feeling like Slash in the middle of the chapel. I'm leaned back with the Les Paul. Shit I smoke is like cholesterol. Spilled dressing on the vest at the festival. The best of all had a midget Puerto Rican at my beck and call. <laughs> best believe there was neck involved. Fucked around and almost wrecked a Saab. Wrecked the Saab. I don't <laughs> know if he says Saab in the way I say Saab, but it's just like, okay. Uh, we took acid for 10 days straight up in the mountains. Started running with the stallions. Playing frisbee in the West Indies. Did the tango with my kidneys. <laughs> Eyes open. Now I know just who my kids need. Rocking the very loose pants, rocking very loose pants, buried a million in the sand by the clock tower before I die, take a shower. Like, what? 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 What do you say to any of that? Like, it's just, it just goes everywhere and anywhere. Yeah. It's fucking stream of thought in, in, in just, I, I've, I've never heard such stream of thought. I, uh, it's, it's so live. It just comes off as just the, the most absurd freestyles you ever heard, but, at the same time, it just comes off as planned in some way. I don't get it. It just, I don't know how he has that balance. And I feel like there's a lot of artists that try to do something like this, but they're just either too afraid to, or they simply can't. Uh, and, you know, yeah, yeah, just underrated as shit, man. This album is just uh, a superb ride um, to go through. Um, I think people talk about it enough in the uh, just the lexicon of, you know, just uh, really good albums to listen to and super creative albums. I think it's really creative. Like it's just uber creative. Um, to go to to go with. Um, so yeah, man, it's it's a it's a it's a banging album. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a banging album. I feel I feel bad for artists like Action Bronson who create this kind of music and it doesn't i feel like it doesn't get talked about the way it should you know i i, I love i love art so get much get dissect on the phone i know bro i know but that's the thing right it's it's that it's a whole line thing. by it's, line this shit <laughs> it's not talked about enough so it's not gonna get it's not gonna get the uh the deep dive and a lot of people you know with hip-hop numbers i see it happen all the time people are like oh you're gonna do numbers on on this album that came out 20 years ago and i'm like well no because no one cares about it anymore and no one really cared about it when it dropped it's one of my favorite albums but at the same time if i post it it'll get five likes and i'll feel like shit because i'm just like well fuck man no one listens to this album and i just it makes me sad when there's great art and and just incredible music and I, I think more of the artist because I I'm I'm happy we got the art I'm I feel fine like I'm like we've got it I'm gonna listen to it all the time, but I'm like does that artist know what they created what they did and I really hope Action Bronson knows because this is a yeah as Charlie says just brave and and creative and it's all over the place man so if you've never listened to it but front to back put it on just put it on give yourself a drive or sit in your room put on the headphones listen to it all the way through and um. Yeah, man, come back to me and, and tell me how you felt about it because I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's get into our last and is my second and it is if you if you know, if you know me, this is obvious. But um, Lil Sims's debut album, A Curious Tale of Trials and Persons. So the reason I wanted to talk about this album. Um, Partly because I just wanted to listen to it again. I haven't listened to it in a while, and uh, it gave me this gave me a reason to. But also, the angle I wanted to give to this is kind of like a a quick example 
a really good example of just organic artistry in in how I see it, an organic growth in how I see it. So, you know, before her debut album, um, she had a lot of EPs. Um, there's, there's plenty that you can get into, uh, you know, that you can find them anywhere. Uh, they're easy to find if you just uh, find the names for them. And, uh, you know, the thing that comes across for those particular EPs are, you know, very... I like to call it just dream music, where, you know, it's a lot of looking up. Um, it's a lot of talk about space. That's partly, uh, you know, it was part of a brand at that point in that fashion, just mentioning space. But just in general and how she talks, it was very conceptual and it was very, uh, again, just dreamy, just dreaming of um, certain things. And when it comes to Curious Tales... Um, it's a, it's you know it's a sh- it's a shortish shortish album. It's only ten tracks, right? It's not as it's not um her it's not her upcoming album, which is like nearly twenty tracks, if I remember correctly. Um, no, nineteen tracks. There you go. Nearly got that. But um, yeah, this is it's, it's it's short compared to, and I want to kind of compare her upcoming album to this in some way. And the only reason the only place I can go with the new album is obviously her singles um you know introvert and I want to pick something like well women and uh, Rolling Stone and I'm going to pick Rolling Stone especially um for this reason and it'll make sense in a bit <clears throat> so when you go through Curious Tales um when I listen to it it comes off as incredibly grounded um but then in some but then in some tracks comes off as very again conceptual right um I don't think Little Sims has murdered anybody, um, but you know she gives off that kind of vibe with a track called "Dead Body." Um, and if you haven't heard that amazing track, um, I'm so pissed that um, she stopped doing it live. Um, she, I think she's kind of replaced it with Venom, uh, which I'm, which I also love. But I, I you know, you could, you could do both, right? No, okay. Um, but you know, the first two tracks I absolutely love is still one of my favorite tracks ever um of hers persons and wings um back to back they just hit so nicely for me um but you know for something like god bless mary which is um basically a track about her neighbor and how her neighbor could have easily just you know messed her up in a lot of ways you know calling the police for making too much noise blaring the music at night stuff like that you know just genuine uh just general teenage delinquent shit but she didn't and uh you know she allowed her to i guess you know do her things and uh you know little sims comes across with you know a tinge of regret and uh you know understanding that she could have easily just rang up whoever and uh you know stitch stitch simsy uh sims up um you know she she god bless mary in that case i mean um and there's also like a there's like a a a production motif uh, going on in a few tracks after Dead Body and I think after Tainted if I remember it's either Tainted or Gratitude and then that comes off uh, that comes across in This Is Not An Outro which is just a superb instrumental track but um, the reason why I'm talking about organic growth is because when you listen to this album like I said it has very you know dream dreamy elements of just like thinking about certain things and wanting certain things. Uh, and also just that conceptual stuff that Sims is, you know, just amazing for. But then you listen to something like the recent uh, single that she dropped, Rolling Stone. Uh, if I can find it, <laughs> it's, it's actually oh, there it is. There we go. 
Uh, right, yeah. It, it's just like some of the first verses of Rolling Stone, right? So, I was in Sao Paulo eating palm hearts and I couldn't believe my surroundings. True, I got the ends in me. Listen to Heady getting gassed in the mountains. No time for thirst track, nigga. I'm quenched. I drink from a different fountain. Stop there. She is not... To- she she does... If you listen to Trials in Person, she is not talking about going to Sao Paulo. Eating palm hearts. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not even something like Good For What on Stillness in Wonderland, her second album, where, you know, the video of that is, you know, she's clearly somewhere in America, I think LA, and even with that, it's very flexy, okay? Um... All her music before that, I don't think, you know, it was flexy. Dead Body is flexy, but it's not flexy in that in that, in that that way. And I just really enjoy the fact that Sims has been doing this thing in her artistry where, you know, something like Drop Six, which came, came out during, obviously, her quarantine days, and it comes off very bedroomy. It comes off as if she was just recording in her bedroom. You just know that when you listen to her work, you know where she's at at that point. Trials and Persons comes off as like, you know, she had a few studios to go to. Maybe they weren't the best, but they, you know, got the job done. And she was just writing all of her rhymes in her bedroom and just playing beats over and over and over again in her bedroom. When you listen to something like, you know, Rolling Stone, for example, uh, it's going to be on her latest album. That's just, she's out here, she's exploring, and she has stories to tell in that fashion. But she also wants to let you know that she's fucking prospering. And I just love that. I just fucking love that. I love every single part of that. And I just wish a lot of artists um, portrayed that more, portrayed that organic growth, and not start off with stuff that they're clearly not doing at the moment. Um, but they get away with because it's so vivid and it comes across, you know, and it's, you know, creativity, right? It's, it's creative to talk about things that, you, that you're that you not about yet, but, um, but if it sounds convincing, then who cares, right? But I just like the fact that Sims doesn't exactly lie in that way, where she's talking about bedroom rhymes in her first album. She's talking about... Uh, uh, She's talking about going to Sao Paulo in introvert and she's talking about uh, and she's making stuff in her bedroom and doing all the beats herself on something like Drop Six. And I just enjoy that organic nature of her, man. It's it's just um, it's just so overt and uh, I just highly respect it as uh, as you guys can imagine. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great um it's a great project, man. And and it was really interesting going back through this and trying to understand where it came from because twenty fourteen she as Charlie said, she dropped four separate EPs and she had two mixtapes in twenty thirteen. But I felt like this album was the arrival of Little Sims as a concept artist because in ten songs she really locked into a genuine concept on here. Now she was only twenty one when this album came out, and I think that really shows because it's Lil Sims, so she's she's naturally mature and, and full of knowledge. But the hunger on here and the desire to create something new and exciting, she had a lot of raps on her around this time when Kendrick and J. Cole both co-signed her prior to this album. And the opening song is a, a statement that we've heard often in hip-hop. It's Often it's not backed up, though, by the rest of the album. But Lil Sims has beaten down the door so many times now that 
in 2021, it's really refreshing, at least for it was for me, to go back and look at the genesis of her current confidence and stature in not just music, but like everything that she does. And she willed this to happen. You know, on the opening track, the, she talks about like people saying they told her, stop while you're ahead, the industry will break you, you're not strong enough. You know, and, and you've got to do more than, you have to do more than rapping. She didn't do that. You know, she just stuck to her guns. And I think that's really salient because when you find yourself in the position that Little Sims was in 2015, she was acclaimed, right? And she had people saying she was going to be something special, but she didn't have a major label, label deal. And she was still entirely in charge of her own destiny in the sense that she had to overcome the initial inertia herself, if that makes sense. Like we talk about like a lot of the albums that we talk about in this. Charlie's actually put two independent albums on this week, but... When we talk about uh, debut albums that are event records, like, you know, when we talked about Pink Friday by Nicki Minaj or we talked about uh, Based on True Story by 2 Chains Today, they're major label backing. So as Nicki Minaj said, which I think is really uh, vital, I'm not going to quote her directly, but she said something along the lines of, I can't fuck this up because I have a machine behind me. I'm ready. Like, it's all aligning for me in this moment. And Nicki Minaj nailed it. And that's a different kind of pressure to what Little Sims was facing on this record where... You know, she had to create all this and create something amazing without all that outside help, especially when there was, the pressure was on her because people were expecting her to be great. And, um, you know, this I thought it was amazing. Like, the album is, is self-released, and she said, uh, she told Acclaim, it's very important to visualize yourself at a certain place and try and head towards that or just have a goal that you're working towards and kind of stick to that. And all of her gems, all, sorry, all of her interviews are filled with uh, great, great lines and and really interesting information she said um to billboard she said i would say you have to learn patience and you have to stand for what you really believe in don't rush anything because that's not the way either for me that's one thing i learned and there's a difference between being hungry and being desperate keep your hunger but don't be desperate because desperation will lead you to do things that isn't you like changing who you are and what you're about because you're desperate for that limelight or you're desperate for that attention whereas hunger is more you're just passionate and you're fierce and she actually urged people to sit with this album and live with it before they judged it. And to me, it stands up six years later as maybe a less lyrically intricate piece that she's, you know, she's dropped in in the interim, but no less impactful, emotional, and vulnerable. Like songs like Gratitude are so potent because they're so direct. She isn't trying to wrap everything up in layers and let it slowly unfold. It's just straight at you. And this is a quality she carries through her whole career. And you know, I think a lot of times artists get when when they're uh, got big raps attached to them, they feel like they have to create like big metaphors and huge analogies and you know stuff like that. She doesn't she doesn't bother with that, and I really like it. it's really refreshing. Um, on Tainted, for example, she has both the third person and the first person technique, and that could be that could be a little bit over the top, but it isn't. It just isn't. Every time she does it, you know, it's just I don't know. She's just incredible with that ability and. Um, yeah, man, I think she's lived out the positive narrative of this album, I think. Like, she's herself, and she hasn't been tainted by the industry. And um, that's really refreshing to to see in 2015 and go back to an album that I listened to probably a couple of years ago, maybe five, four years ago, uh, and only listened to once. And then I listened to more of her newer stuff. But to go back and then to know about Little Sims' journey since then and, and see it that she kind of ordained this she she spoke this into into existence and that was really cool to to watch and to behold yeah exactly um yeah definitely definitely 
<laughs> definitely co-sign all of that, man. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's fascinating as a fan, like just to um, just to see, just to see that, um, just to see all that come into fruition. And yeah, man, it's 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 a it's a real it's a gratifying it's a gratifying thing watching uh, a nice U rate just consistently uh push themselves and you know and, and and also just not trip up in 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 that fashion where like um where you some where you sometimes uh have i don't know just like that one uh major thing where and i think gray area was that project at this point uh where a lot of people were seeing that and waiting for that and watching that. Um, and I, well, obviously from the, you know, recognition she got from the award she got from that album in particular, it really, she, I don't think she can, she can lose at this point. Um, like she, and clearly since introvert is going to be, you know, 19 tracks and, you know, uh, her previous uh, her previous ones like Grey Areas ten, uh, Trials and Persons ten, I think Stillness and Wonderlands like maybe eleven, twelve if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm thinking about it correctly. Um, that's not that's not that's not much. Uh, uh, oh, fifteen. There you go. Fifteen songs. Stillness and Wonderland. Obviously, that's a that was very high concept. Um, so yeah, this is. I feel like the more tracks on this, like that's a. Oh, shit! <laughs> that's that's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of there's a lot of building that needs to be done there. Um, but if anybody can do it, it's Sims. So uh, yeah, man. Um, this is partly just to say I'm just looking forward to the new album. Uh, but also I want to just look back and just uh, yeah, <laughs> just enjoy the organic growth, man. It's great. It's, it's it's what I'm here for. You gotta love it. Love to see it. Well, there we All go. Right. Let's for that. And uh about to enlighten if you have anything, Beanie? Uh, nothing, nothing specific. Do you have anything, anything decent? Um, not really. I've got my hair cut, but apart from that. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't deal with the heat. Like, it's just, no, it's not for me. Yeah, it's, Was it's it what, 20, 22 degrees, 23 degrees? <laughs> funny, yeah, right, funny, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Did you cut it? Yeah. Did you cut it There's all? There's no point talking to Australian about heat. It's just pointless. So it's just talk talk talking to Australian I about mean, weather. It's just like worthless. It's like yeah, I mean, oh you can, really? You can talk to oh, poor you! Like it's, like, it's so condescending. So like, fuck off. The other day, <laughs> uh, the other day it was it was eight. It was eight degrees in the middle of the day, and I was just like frantic. I was in distress. I'm like, this is <laughs> this is stupid. What is this irrationality? Like this is unfair. <laughs> levels of of coldness and um it was a bad day i'm not gonna lie it was, it was a really bad day for me oh gosh that's funny okay. yeah man that's like funny. we're not set up for this this shit we're not uh, <laughs> we don't handle the cold very well yeah didums yeah. yeah um yeah no i just got um yeah i, I just got a fade like i just got a real simple cut nothing 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 crazy um yeah i just um the heat with the with the, with the hair like i couldn't really it it just felt different, and the humidity just made it feel un- made it feel uncomfortable in my head. 
So I was just like, uh, I gotta get, I gotta get this cut. If I'm gonna do summer, uh, do summer up in su- any fashion, I just can't. Maybe I'll bring it back for the winter, but um, because I actually really enjoyed. Excuse me, I really enjoyed the fact that um, I just had a lot of hair for the winter, and I didn't really like need to wear a hat or anything. Um, it just kept my head warm in some fashion, so uh, I actually enjoyed it in the winter. But yeah, once once it got like to twenty five, uh, twenty degrees for like a couple of weeks, I was just like. Oh, and especially sleeping with it, ugh, ugh, horrible, horrible, uh, with the heat, with the heat at night, it's just, um, not yet chief, so, um, yeah, man, got a trim, so, um, that's pretty much it, and, uh, you know, just, uh, working, just keeping it, keeping it going, I guess. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, 5VP and Radio's dropped, um, a couple this week, uh, guys, if you want to go peep, I dropped my first episode, um, basically playing a 70s and 80s uh soulful love songs and uh i actually really honestly <clears throat> this is not to shit on moscow or ditd but um not was it one of the best intros i've ever done um but just as a overall listen i i i just really enjoyed listening back to it um not to say I, again not to say i don't with the others but um it was just so different to me um and it really scratched my radio itch um, I, I I don't know if I've said before, but I just uh, I I did I did do radio before, and there was just a lot of constrictions towards that. Mm-hmm. And doing this as like kind of doing five pin radio is like a specialist thing. Uh, you know, it's really it's freeing, and the fact that you can just like you know take time to curate some tunes. Um, I only picked eight because I wanted it to be under an hour, but um, I could have easily picked more and had some fun with it, but. Uh, yeah, man, it's just great. I love the format, honestly. Um, I just wish it wasn't just on Spotify, but obviously it has to for you know obvious reasons of playing the tracks. But yeah, man, past that, uh, just hopefully keep that going. Just fi- I I just hope I find more time for it on the regular to to, to keep doing it because um, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's nice to do it's nice to do something different than uh, uh talking politics on a uh, on what's good or just to. Uh, you know, talking general hip hop stuff on here. So, you know, just something just something different and uh get to flex my musical muscles a bit and just uh, you know, put people on some new shit. So uh that's all that's all we're here for. To highlight the fifth hip hop. Which is knowledge. Yeah. Which is knowledge, if anyone didn't know. <laughs> well uh if we we're plugging, I'm uh I'm not gonna be on hip hop numbers very much for the next few months because 'cause I'm I'm writing my book. I'm writing my book. I'm getting dead serious about it. I've sent it off to a few people and they really like it and uh well, I need to get that manuscript. It'll come, man. It'll come. It's uh it's pretty intense. Because, uh, like 'cause I I was, I mean, I was don't ask heavy. me to edit it, but yeah. No, 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 no. The editing is um, I don't know who I'm going to get to edit it, but uh, like you know, I was I was a heavy drinker back in my day. I was an alcoholic for about four years, and my friend was like, I can't wait to uh to read the stories, you know, from from drinking because we all have stories. We all have shameful stories when we're alcoholics, and I sent her this one story. And I'm not going to repeat it here because I'm going to save some of it for the book. And so she just sent the the laughing face emoji, and I said to her. What are you laughing at? And she, it was a very embarrassing story. And she's like, that's hilarious. Yeah. I'm like, it's really traumatic for me, that experience. Like, that was really a rough thing to go through. And she's like, oh, my God, really? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that was that's awful. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's terrible. And she's like, oh, I'm really sorry that you went through that. It's awful. I'm really – she's like, I feel really bad. And then I started to feel bad because I was g her up the whole time because it was a funny story. It's fucking hilarious. 
So I'm like, wait, no, now I'm sorry for making you feel bad. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting read for people, I think. Because I, I really want that. I like that whole dry humor thing where you, you tell a story and people aren't really sure if it's you're being serious or not. And 99% of the time I'm not being serious. But I don't know how to translate that in, in text, you know. I don't know. It, it works well in person. I feel like the, the British and the Australian... British have great dry humor. Way, it's better than Australian dry humor. But Australians do have good dry humor. But it doesn't really translate mm-hmm. into text very well. So I'm trying to work out how to do that at the moment. And it's, it's a huge task. Like, I'm a, I'm a writer, I guess. Like, I've written a lot of articles. And I know how to get a point across quickly, you know, and in, in well enough that it'll interest people i mean I, I basically write an article every week for the podcast and then just read it out to you guys so i i do write a lot of articles but writing a book is very very hard there's so much i don't know how people do it i've written fifty thousand words for this book so far and i don't know i've no concept of it i don't know where things go i don't know what goes here what chapter goes here it's like this in my head it's just this massive it's like a um it's like a rubber band ball and i just keep adding to it but it doesn't get any clearer. And I'm like, bro, how am I going to unpick this and like cobble together some sort of, you know, pathway? But um, it's been a fascinating, uh, a fascinating journey. I'm really, uh, I'm really enjoying it. So I'm excited for people to read it when it is eventually done. It'll probably take at least another six months, I think, to get any kind of working manuscript. But um, yeah, I think th- so far it's good. It's good. It's I've, everyone I've sent it to and I've sent it to a lot of people really enjoyed it. So yeah, I'm yeah. Hoping, um, hoping it comes out well. Yeah, it's calm. Like literally, I got um, I recently just bought a memoir from uh, 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 one of my, one of the good, uh, good friends at the of a five E Miss Tian Barcelona, and um, you know she has a lot of you know just stuff like life to talk about in the mm. same way you do. Um, and I haven't uh, I haven't begun uh, re- reading it yet, but um, from the excerpts I've read so far of hers um, that she's put on her site and that. Um, you know, they're very, um, they're very, uh, there's, there's a poetic nature to it. And, uh, I, 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 I get what you mean when it comes to the, to the humor. Um, you know, just vocalizing it is so much easier to, uh, to get it across. And, you know, I, I, every time I'm in a group chat, it's just so, it's sometimes very impossible to like get sarcasm across, which I love to do. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you read it again, you're just like, uh, they're not going to know that sarcasm, do they? <laughs> I yeah. mean, just like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I can imagine, uh, how hard that's going to be to, to vocalize that on text, but, um, but, th- but maybe it's just a matter of like leaving it as interpretation. Obviously people from, if people know you, then they'll probably get it. Um, but if it's like any old random person, then obviously it'd be a bit different. But that'd be kind of interesting thinking about that. Uh, I feel like... Um, I feel like that... I feel like there's some benefit in that where if somebody read it first... Ha- first, uh, the, You know, first, and then... Uh, and then, uh, I don't know, like, uh, you know... Heard you heard you talking about it on a press tour or whatever. You know, saying you have a press tour, um, yeah, as yeah. A, like like a proper author. Um, you know, if you're on like you know, doing interviews about it, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? And you know, you drop in some dry humor in that, and then they go read it again, 
and maybe years down the line if people know you better um, and then they read it again then they're going to get a different vibe from that and uh, and it'll add more layers to it and so, so yeah I think uh, I'd say not to like worry about how to actually vocalize the the humor if it's humorous to you then just throw it on and if, if people get it they get it if they won't they will at some point I feel um if they if I mean if they're copying a book from you then you know they're gonna they're gonna follow you in some fashion right so down the line they're gonna realize that oh that oh that was dry humor yeah right? yeah that wasn't yeah. serious at all you know what I mean so I think I think I think it's not worth worrying about too much um but yeah I, th- I think it'll work in I think it'll work in the long run if people value reading something again um so yeah yeah I mean the other side of it is obviously with mental health like I was watching a video yesterday and um they started it with uh there's nothing funny about depression and I was like well there's a lot of funny shit about depression like depression yeah you kinda, yeah, yeah. You kind of got to laugh through the shit you know it's like yeah. But there are people, and, and the hard thing is when you're writing, a, 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 I guess, a memoir about mental health is it needs to be firstly inclusive of everyone. And that means that you have to take into account the, the aspect of everyone's journey that they're on, like the part they're in. And, and there were parts in my journey where it was not funny at all. And I look back on them now and I could see the humor in it. But at the time, yeah, there was no humor in it whatsoever. So I have to like keep it light enough that people can kind of laugh along in the pain but at the same time not offend people and yes it's it's, it's a hard balance but i mean at the moment i'm just writing i'm you know it's just like get everything down on the page and then see what what happens after that so um that's the process man it's just, it's all process it'll be worth it in the end i think hell yeah hell yeah looking forward to it thanks man looking forward to it all right we shall leave it there ladies and gentlemen on the fifth podcast network this has been digging digits hope you enjoyed this episode i've been charlie taylor the fifth element i've been ben carter hip-hop numbers god triple double for devin booker fucking beast um <laughs> literally game one of the western conference semi-finals uh, uh ladies and gentlemen. For, for, for for time for t- if you want to if you want to know when we exactly record then now you know um what was it uh i hope you all have a good uh hope you all have a good week wish i was trying to do the same until the next time. Take it easy. Lazy job. Ah, right, peace. Digging in Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is a piece of video games, but bonus points. Thanks to Chill Records for the ability to use. Socials with Fetterman, Hip Hop by Numbers, Bonus Points, and Chill Records will be in the full show notes for you listening. This has been a fifth Fit podcast now production. Thanks for spending your time with us. Wish to see you next time on digging in the digits. <laughs> <laughs>